millions of Christians face intense persecution and risk their lives for the sake of the gospel. Vom Oz Radio supports persecuted Christians, giving a voice to the testimony of those who have been denied a voice. Our programs inform and encourage Christians in Australia and around the world to mobilize and to stand with our persecuted brothers and sisters in Christ. Welcome to Vom Oz Radio, Voice for the Persecuted. When you're forced into a situation you don't like, do you complain? Or do you say, how can God use this for good? I know it's tempting for all of us to focus on our problems, but our guest today here on Voice of the Martyrs Radio is going to show us how to focus on God instead, using each tough thing as an opportunity to watch Him work. My name is Todd Nettleton. Usually I'm the one asking the questions here on Voice of the Martyrs Radio, but I'm going to step aside this week and let my friend Joseph Hovsepian ask the questions. Uh, Joseph's Farsi is, is a little bit better than mine is. We're going to play for you an interview that Joseph conducted with Ibrahim Faruzi. It was encouraging to me, and I wanted to share it with our VOM radio listeners, and Joseph and Hovsepian Ministries have graciously allowed us to do that. Ibrahim Faruzi is a former prisoner for Christ in Iran, and he's still being held in internal exile in that country. Because this interview was conducted first in Farsi, we're going to hear Ibrahim through a translator, as well as a translation of Joseph's questions. Let's listen in. Could you briefly share with us uh, how you came to know Christ? Yes, it started right after I moved to Tehran to find a new job. As I was searching for different programs on the Internet, I came across a channel that shared the gospel and the good news. I became very curious to find out more, especially since the Jesus they introduced was so different from the Jesus I heard about growing up. Through contacts with these brothers and seeking more, my heart was open to him and came to accept him as my Lord and Savior. I have to add that when I was watching these programs, I was staying with some friends since I did not have my own place yet. Uh, as soon as they found out, they blocked these programs and stopped me from watching them. The only resource I had left was a shortwave radio broadcasting Christian programming. I would go to the roof of the house with my Bible and listen with my headphones on. This went on for six months until I was able to find my own place. Praise God for Christian TV and radio programming and all the different ways that God is moving in Iran. Uh, but now we would like to get closer to the time you spend in prison and also your time in exile. Uh, I know that you have served your seven-year sentence in jail and now are starting to serve your two years in exile. What was your crime? Yes, well, you could use the word crime since uh, what I did is a crime under Islamic law and you have to pay. 
but let me instead tell you what I actually did, which was basically my involvement with Christian groups, Christian activity and fellowship. Usually in cases such as mine, uh, the court ruling is never given to you in writing because they do not want to have any written evidence of convicting you unjustly. So I was informed of my sentencing unofficially. However, the other ruling that I do have in hand and is published in the internet for all to see gave me the sentence of one year in prison and two years in exile. And again, of course, this was all for my faith and my involvement with Christian activity. So were you under surveillance or were your activities being monitored? And how did you get arrested? From the beginning of my faith journey, I was very aware of my social and political surroundings. I knew sooner or later this would happen, but my only priority was that people be able to hear and receive the word of God. So I lived a normal life, working at a job and also sharing my faith with um, whomever was open and seeking. On all official forums, I always stated my religion as Christian. Uh, the fact that I was being watched or not, uh, I do not know for sure. But I know one thing, I openly shared my faith and gave Bibles to many. Whether any of them turned me in or were watching me, I really don't know for sure. I remember the morning they came into my house, started searching everywhere, arrested me and took me in for interrogation. They had many pieces of evidence against me. I had handwritten tracts, Bible verses, and many other information that they had gathered against me. I never denied any of it since I had not committed any crimes. I was simply sharing my faith with others. No one becomes a believer by force. God never forces us to believe. This is only through personal choice, a decision, and a heart that is seeking. Uh, so first you received a one-year sentence, but uh, how was it increased or upgraded to six more years? Uh, what happened? Yes, my first arrest happened in the year 2011. God put it in the judge's heart to give me only a 10-month sentence. After 10 months, I was released and, of course, I continued to be a witness for Christ and didn't stop any of my activities. So I was arrested again in 2013. This continued as I was released again uh, in March of 2013. Uh, through many accusations and the scrutiny of the system, I had to appear in court many more times for my involvement in Christian activities, attending a particular conference, even as far as accusing me of being an informant and working against the government. Each time the sentence was increased for a different accusation, uh, which when asked to show evidence, they were never able to prove. As I was getting ready to turn myself in to serve my sentence, I remember visiting some brothers to say goodbye. I had been visiting for about an hour when the doorbell rang and agents came in to interrogate everyone. They asked for an ID, which I did not have since the government had taken it from me. Finally, another agent came in who recognized me from other cases. It was here that they again accused me of conducting a Bible study group. This time my case was sent to Tehran's civil court, where they handled special cases, and another five years were added to the initial one-year sentence.
This is Voice of the Martyrs Radio. My name is Todd Nettleton. Today we're listening to two of our Iranian brothers in Christ. Joseph Hovsepian is talking with fellow Iranian former prisoner for Christ, Ibrahim Firuzi, who loves the Lord and is still living in internal exile inside Iran. Let's keep listening. At one of my court appearances, the judge openly told me they would dismiss my case and free me if I would simply renounce my faith and also convince other converts to renounce their faith. I never responded to these offers, never argued or compromised in any way. I also did have other cases where they offered a way out. Again, another judge asked me to renounce so I could have a lighter sentence, but that was absolutely not an option for me. I could never turn my back on my faith and submit to this. And by God's grace, I endured a few years in prison in exchange for an eternity with Him. Some of these allegations I did not accept or agree with, therefore I could never ask the government for forgiveness or dismissal, because that would be admitting guilt. I know I did nothing wrong, and never regret my testimony for Christ. Almost 26 years ago when my father, who was the head of uh, Protestant churches in Iran, was uh, brutally murdered, and when I personally was faced with his stabbed body and corpse, uh, everything changed for me starting that moment. Everything went dark from that moment for me, and uh, I clearly remember that I was thinking, would I be able to ever uh, smile or laugh after this point that I have lost my uh, father? So definitely it was a very uh, challenging uh, period of time, a lot of confusion and questions, uh, but at the same time, still there was light at the end of the tunnel and uh, a sign of living hope. And the interesting part is that I received that hope for living, hope for today and another day uh, was through the Word of God, but also was through the people and believers that were surrounding me, all of which was bringing me uh, healing from the situation and uh, anger and desire for revenge. So my question to you as someone that have served seven years in prison in a place that I'm sure hasn't been a five-star hotel, and uh, you have been dealt in different ways and different uh, situations and circumstances. Uh, so I'm sure uh, there has been some moments or time that uh, you were under pressure and maybe the question uh, came up for you that was it really worth it? Uh, does God really see this situation? Is He still involved in my life? And if you were experiencing these challenges uh, in those circumstances, what were some of the uh, key elements that helped you to move forward? And were there any particular examples of people in your life that you thought of them and said, this person ran the race to the end and I'm going to follow that example? Yes, we can never have anything bigger or more valuable than God Himself and His wonderful presence with us at all times. So in that sense, I have to say it was absolutely worth it. Nevertheless, it was a very difficult journey, and the testimony and example of those from prior generations was truly an inspiration. Even though I never met your father, I have to say I truly love and admire him. I was eight years old when your father was martyred. His story of courage and faith 
unchanging determination truly helped me learn and grow and sustained me in my journey. What your father stood for and ultimately gave his life for is the reason why I only got imprisoned instead of a more gruesome punishment. Same with Martyr Sudman, who had a family with four children. Yet when he was out on bail, he chose not to flee the country, even though he knew his verdict was death by hanging. Your father gave his life up for people like myself, so that today I can have a voice. During my time in prison, I regularly listened to tapes of your father's sermons, which was preached while he was facing persecution himself, and it really strengthened my faith. It felt as though he was standing right there in front of me in my prison cell, sharing how he dealt with the ongoing persecution. Now here I was, faced with the same situation, so the lessons I learned from your father enabled me to stand firm. In the same way that the prior generation was willing to give up their lives to improve the circumstances of my generation of believers, my hope has been to follow in their footsteps by staying faithful to God in Iran, so that we may also be able to improve the situation for next generation of converts and believers. And as a result, maybe they won't have to be imprisoned for their faith. So a question for you, how would you say the believers in general are treated in prison? How were you treated as a believer when you were in prison? Did other prisoners accept you? Would you say you were treated fairly? Well, again, I just want to emphasize that the answer to your question might be different for other prisoners since uh, their experience wasn't necessarily the same as mine. Uh, but for me personally, since I openly shared my faith with others and uh, the love and the message of freedom in Christ, it created an easy and good relationship with them. And if their intention from imprisoning us was to discourage us from sharing the message of the gospel with others, it worked quite the opposite. Because once you're inside prison, you realize the value of freedom from bondage even more. And everyone is more open to receive the good news. I always showed love and grace to others, never projecting an image of superiority. Uh, so that's why I never had any bad experiences and was never abused by anyone. I'm Todd Nettleton, listening along with you here on Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Our brother Ibrahim Feruzi is encouraging our hearts today, and you're hearing a translation of his words originally spoken in Farsi. Let's get back to Ibrahim and his story. For those who are still in prison, despite all negative reports they constantly give you, that you are forgotten by others, know without a doubt others are praying for you and intercede on your behalf. You are never forgotten or alone. You will find out when you finish your time and find out how many people prayed for you. Now for those who are outside, I have to say that your brothers and sisters not only need your prayers, but they also need your moral support. Those who advocate for freedom and human rights should be aware of how to confront and address these injustices in Iran. 
for becoming a voice for those who have none. Many times the government declares that they never imprison anyone for their religious beliefs. This happened many times and my question and yours also should be, then what am I and others like me doing here? Uh, their answer has been that it is not your belief that brought you here, but because you carried and kept an illegal book in your house. Um, as you know, Bibles are an illegal book inside Iran and are no longer being published. Therefore, we have to get Bibles from an outside source, and this is why they convict you and put you in prison. So what does your average day look like? Most days I have to report to local police here, then start my day afterwards with resting, preparing meals, and most importantly, catching up with reading many new Christian books, seeking God and spending as much time as I can pursuing Him. And the area that you live in right now, that is very close to the border of Pakistan, is that correct? Yes, it is very close, just steps to the other side. And how are you treated in the city that you live in currently? Uh, is this a similar experience as being in prison or different? When the judge was sentencing me, he warned me of the extent of religious extremists in the area who would deal very harshly with people like me. This area is very different from the city of Tehran. But I found these people to be very noble. From the first day I reported to the local police, they were very helpful, answering all my questions and helping me to settle in. The first night I was actually invited to stay with one of them at their home. I think a question that some of our listeners may have today is that considering you are so close to the border of Pakistan and can easily cross over without any documents and request asylum, why haven't you done so? Yes, many have asked me that. Uh, here are two reasons why. Some have said that Iranians convert so they can find an easier way to immigrate to other countries. So I wanted to prove them wrong. The second reason for my stay is I was not looking to escape the will of God for my life. I always believed I must stay and bring change through the gospel and sharing the good news with my people. There are many people in Iran who are in a very bad state and are simply lost, just like we were before we came to Christ. They are desperately searching for a solution, a way out of their misery. And I know that the only true answer is the Word of God, and I love to share it with them. I always share my faith with others, and I was never anti-government or working against them. God chooses everyone according to His will and has a unique plan and purpose for each one. Uh, I know of many brothers who had to flee Iran for their faith or they would have suffered harsh consequences. Many are staying in Turkey awaiting their approval of asylum. I pray God opens doors for them and grants them favor and uses them wherever they are. Please keep praying for those who have had to start over from nothing. And my last question is for you personally. Uh, if there is any specific prayer request, any specific needs that you might have that we can pray for you. Sure, I would like to actually share another scripture with you. Ephesians 2 and uh, from verse 8, it says, For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. 
For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. This verse indeed is very true about me personally. I am no different from anybody else. So I would like to ask people to pray for God's will for my future and for all that is in my heart, for my people and their rights. Uh, please pray for this burden I carry for my people, for freedom, salvation and uh, human rights. Pray for those who are still in prison. Uh, let them know and their families know of your support. Also pray for the heads of government and the leaders of the country so that God can transform their hearts as well. So basically you didn't answer my question directly and found a way to go around it. I'm just kidding, of course, but, but in reality, I think your answers once again show to what extent uh, you put other people's needs before yours uh, and how much you care for the church in Iran, for believers and the body of Christ in Iran. And uh, of course, you will be always in our hearts and in our prayers. I know that many of our listeners, as a result of our conversation, now have a much deeper understanding of the situation in Iran in particular particular for Christians and are also blessed and encouraged by your story, your testimony, and we promise to continue praying for you that the Lord would strengthen you and lead you every step of the way. God bless you, my brother. Thank you, brother Joseph. Uh, at the end, I would like to also uh, just emphasize that um, I don't want people to get discouraged by hearing stories of uh, people like myself being imprisoned or other believers being persecuted in Iran and other countries. But instead, I want them to emphasize on the fact that God is with the church in Iran and gives grace and strength to believers to endure difficult times. Amen. Amen. Indeed, I can testify to God's faithfulness and goodness at times of trials and tribulations. We've been listening to a conversation between two Iranian believers in Jesus, and I think all of us can come away saying, listen, if God can use Brother Ibrahim to stay in Iran in internal exile in the country and share the hope of Jesus, surely he can use me exactly where I am. We're in the middle of Ramadan. This is a special time when Muslims in Iran and all over the world are praying. They are seeking spiritual encounters. We want to pray, too, that they will have spiritual encounters, that they will meet Jesus Christ and understand that he is the Son of God and the Savior and the only path to salvation. Christians in hostile nations may live far from us. As believers, we know that we are one with them and part of the body of Christ. As such, we can't ignore their suffering. If the Holy Spirit is impressing you to know more and support the work of Voice of the Martyrs, please visit our website at vom.com.au. All donations of $2 and more are tax-deductible in Australia. This has been a production of Vom Oz Radio, Voice for the Persecuted.